up? It's The Rant. My name is Jeff Radcliffe, and it is Thursday, August 11th. Game on, baby. Another weekend of fantasy football drafts. Maybe you're not getting in the mix just yet, but we're going to continue to roll through these teams regardless. Today, we are going to talk about the Dallas Cowboys and a very interesting squad in Denver. A lot to talk about here. Of course, before I get into that, head on over to ftnfantasy.com. And get in on it, man. Get in on it. The most accurate rankings in the industry from 2021, along with projections, the draft guides, the Rookie Fantasy Scouting Guide, and the Game Plan Draft Guide. That's all behind a paywall. Now, you can get behind a paywall at a discount. 20% off if you use the promo code RATPACK, R-A-T-P-A-C-K. Now, I do recommend the Platinum subscription. That way you get access to a few more bells and whistles. You get access to League Sync our private Discord server where you can chat directly to me and some of our other staffers, well, all of our other staffers at various points, and premium stats, premium tools, uh, promo code RATPACK for, works for that. If you want to get all access, access to all three of our sites, we have a big discount on the all-access package as opposed to just buying each subscription individually, and promo code RATPACK, that provides some big savings on that one. Use it. Abuse it. I'm telling you, uh, now is the time to get in. Also, just a reminder, I do have another podcast. I'm going to be sort of split time between these two podcasts. Yeah, there's not going to be much different other than maybe the intro music, uh, but the other one is called the FTN Fantasy Football Podcast, Okay. Just subscribe to that, too. That way you won't miss anything. Yesterday, I actually had two podcasts out in the same day. So, you know, uh, subscribe to both. All right, let's talk about Dallas. And unlike most episodes where I start with the quarterback, I actually want to start at wide receiver here because things are a little different this year with Amari Cooper out of the mix. You have C.D. Lamb now locked in as the top dog. And you're talking triple-digit targets are now on the table here with Cooper out of the mix. Now, obviously, they're not all going to go to CeeDee Lamb. He'd have like 220 targets or something like that if that happened. Obviously, that's not the case, but early on, let's you know look at what could happen for Lamb. Michael Gallup, unlikely to be back in week one. James Washington, who was a key signing in the offseason, unlikely to be on the field for a while. You know, it's, it's going to be, I mean, we could be over a month into the season before he's finally back on the field as he broke his foot. It could be even longer than that, by the way, uh, as he broke his foot in uh, preseason here. So beyond that, you have, beyond CeeDee Lamb right now entering the season, you have Jalen Tolbert, who's a rookie who a lot of people are excited about, but he is a rookie. You have Simi Fahoko, who's making some uh, waves, I suppose, in in camp, but, you know, he's still an upside guy. And then, like, Noah Brown, who, you know, he's a just-a-guy type, a jag type. So, really, early in the season, now I will talk about Dalton Schultz in a minute, but Lamb could see a buttload, and that's a technical term, all right? A buttload of targets. I, I really like CeeDee Lamb in the second round. Uh, love grabbing CeeDee Lamb where I can. Now, of course, eventually Michael Gallup will be back. And eventually, I mean maybe a couple weeks into the season, it might take him a little bit of time to get up to speed, but he's positioned well on this depth chart in terms of the target pecking order after he gets back up to speed. So I did this move over the weekend in my first draft of August. We had an IR spot. So I just drafted Michael Gallup with the intention that I'm going to throw him on the IR and I'll pick somebody else up in the meantime 
And then once he comes off, then I'll make the decision, right? I don't hate that move if you do have an IR spot. I'm not a huge fan of the IR spot, but if you have it, you might as well use it, right? Let's talk about Dalton Schultz since he is also a part of this conversation. So he had the breakout year in 2020, and I don't know, man. We all saw Blake Jarwin coming, except he never came. And ultimately, now he's not even on the roster. And Dalton Schultz followed up a, well, a breakout year with an even bigger season last year. Schultz was really good. Surprisingly so. Did not expect that. Now, he's not a super dynamic guy, but, I mean, he was rattling off consistent performances here. Ends up finishing his tight end three, which is awesome. I don't expect him to be there this year, mind you, but by the same token... He's going to be one of the higher volume tight ends. And in fact, is one of the few tight ends that I'm actually really heavily targeting in drafts. Uh, I like him. I like TJ Hawkinson. I like Dallas Goddard. I like that range of drafts the most. But Dalton Schultz, I mean, especially look at these wide receivers. He, he could be set up for another triple digit target season. Like if he approaches 80 catches or something along those lines, it's going to be very hard for him to not at least return like, the actual value, like you drafted him as a sixth tight end, he'll probably finish sixth or better with that sort of volume. It's going to be hard for him to not. So I really do like the situation for Dalton Schultz. Now, of course, throwing him the football is Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott in 2020, before that devastating injury, was on pace for just insanity. Really, insanity. In the first five, well, four weeks, he got hurt in week five. He had two first-place fantasy finishes and a fourth-place fantasy finish in, in four games, which is awesome. And while he didn't return that sort of uh, production last year, I don't think we should downplay what he did on the field. He had 4,449 passing yards, 37 passing scores. Now, the one area that he did take a bit of a hit in terms of productivity was rushing. 48 attempts. 146 and one touchdown. Now he had 48 attempts for 252 in 2019 and three scores. So that did hurt the cause a little bit, but only a little. I mean, Dak Prescott finished his quarterback seven last year, which is right around where he's being drafted now. I actually have him ranked a quarterback eight. I don't hate Dak if he falls. Like, for example, I was in a situation in the FTN uh, mock draft that we just did. The write up is over at FTNFantasy.com. Dak fell. And, you know, he was sort of the last available back in round 10 of that group uh, that, you know, I wouldn't consider late round guys. So I just drafted him, you know, just call it a day. Now I know if I get Dak Prescott, I really don't have to draft a second quarterback because remember, backup quarterback, that's not a thing in fantasy football. We really, if we want to become better drafters, have to stop thinking about our teams in terms of starters and backups. We're drafting a roster. We're drafting a complete roster where, heck, sometimes guys we draft in the 13th round are starters for us, and sometimes guys we draft in the fourth round are not starters for us. So if we're thinking in terms of a complete roster, you don't need a second quarterback if you get a top 10 guy like Dak Prescott, and that's exactly what happened with me there. All right, Ezekiel Elliott. He Every year there are going to be older running backs who – the masses will continue to believe in, and you know the evidence may point us to the contrary. Yes, I'm calling Ezekiel Elliott tw- at 27 years old, older. He has been around the block. He is not a young 27 in terms of NFL running backs. He, he I mean, he's been in the league since 2016. You know, it, it's not like this is this is his seventh year in the league. It's not like it's his fifth year in the league. 
that's a lot of wear and tear. It's a lot of mileage. And yes, I know he was hurt last year, and I know the apologists are going to say, but Jeff, he was hurt last year. Well, I mean, okay, but isn't this the time of a running back's career where those injuries start to mount up, right? We saw signs of decline last year. So I'm just simply not willing to say, oh, you know, Ezekiel Elliott, you know, front-end RB2, he's value. No, I've been at RB17. I'm going to rank him fairly, but I don't think he's value. I think he's a dead zone back that I tend to avoid. Also, it's a tricky situation because Pollard is there. Tony Pollard's there. They're going to use Tony Pollard. Now, if Tony Pollard, if you have to draft Tony Pollard in like the fifth round, sixth round, no thank you. But the eighth round, why not take a flyer on Tony Pollard? I'd much rather have him than Zeke, given the price point. And honestly, if I draft Zeke, I don't really, I find it hard to handcuff a running back who's not a top 10 guy. I mean, that's really what it comes down to for me. So Pollard offers the better value right now. Um, admittedly, Ezekiel Elliott enters the season as the lead back, but I don't know. I'm going to shoot for uh, shoot for the better value and then possibly catching lightning in a bottle with Pollard, especially if, if Zeke goes down. All right, let's pivot over to Denver. I am going to start with the quarterback here because they finally have a quarterback again for the first time really since the Peyton Manning era. Russell Wilson is in the building taking a – Page out of the Rams book here. Did the Rams uh, create the blueprint for how to build a roster? Well, perhaps. Uh, Russell Wilson is in. And Russell Wilson has a fleet of weapons in this offense. Now, is Russell Wilson over the hill? I don't think so. It's not like he's Matt Ryan's age. No, he's he's in his uh, close to mid, let's call it (laughs) mid-30s. Early to mid-30s. But there's still plenty of tread left on the tires. He has that pretty deep ball, and he's not going to be in a Pete Carroll offense that is going to, and not that Pete Carroll was the offensive coordinator, but Pete Carroll wanted his offense to be run heavy. They're not going to be that in Nathaniel Hackett's offense, and they are catering this offense to Russell Wilson's skill set, which is a very good thing for Russell Wilson. I like him a lot if you can get him at the right price. Like that Dak Prescott price that I just mentioned, roundabout there makes a lot of sense for Russell Wilson back-end quarterback one who could certainly exceed expectations. Of course, he will be throwing the football to Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy. He will not be throwing the football to Tim Patrick. That sucks, but Patrick will not be on the field this year for the Broncos. So it does kind of open a door for K.J. Hamler, though I'm not really as concerned with him. It's the question of, well, is it going to be Judy? Or is it going to be Sutton? Or is it going to be both? And it's a tricky one to answer. You know, I felt like we had the same question two years ago was, is it going to be DK Metcalf or Tyler Lockett? And it really was more Metcalf than Lockett, although Lockett did have a good year that year two seasons ago. I am trying to kind of mix and match my exposure here. So I have gotten, uh, well, I got Judy in a draft, a redraft. Uh, I have about equal exposure to both of these guys in best ball. I do not have a share of Sutton yet, but I'm going to get a share of Sutton in the next couple uh, redraft. You know, I have redrafts every weekend, basically through August. So I'm going to try and get at least a share of him. Sutton has the bigger body X receiver profile. Judy can move all around. He's more of a Z. And in fact, uh, the fact that you do have uh, KJ Hamler on the field, that means Judy can be out of the slot more often, which I think he's actually better suited to. Uh, The slot kind of limits him a little bit. So I, I don't mind both. I like the stories that I've heard of Judy. He's been in the quarterback's room trying to learn as much as possible. That's a favorable thing right there. Just a lot of things pointing in the right direction. But both of them, just like Cooper Cup and 
well, you know, to a, Robert Woods was okay before the injury, but Cooper Cup especially really benefited from Matthew Stafford. I think Allen Robinson will as well this year. I think these two are going to benefit from Russell Wilson. Now, what about tight end? So there was some buzz that Greg Dulcich could see a lot of work, which kind of came as a surprise because a lot of folks, well, they saw Noah Fant gone, Alberto there. Okay, game on Alberto. Well, I think we will see a tad of Dulcich, but remember, Dulcich is a rookie tight end. Like He's a move option out of UCLA in that fast-paced Chip Kelly offense there, but Rookie tight ends, usually our expectations are pretty low for them. Alberto is no longer a rookie tight end. In fact, now this will be his third year in the league. And recent reports from the Broncos camp uh, say that Nathaniel Hackett is really liking what they have with Alberto. They are moving him around the formation. And and that's important because he played in line primarily last year under the previous regime. They have him as a move option right now. Somebody has to kind of make up for the gap that you have on this roster without Tim Patrick. They're a big body guy, right? So now here you got you got a big body guy with some speed in Albert O. He was the fastest tight end in his draft class. Got four or five speed, man. So I still like Albert O. And I like that his his stock has sort of cooled off a little bit so that you can get him in the uh, in the in the you know front end tight end two range like late round range I don't mind that at all and that way if you don't get uh, you you don't get a piece of Judy or Sutton you still get a piece of Russell Wilson here if you obviously if you don't have Russell Wilson you get a piece of Russell Wilson with Albert O all right let's talk about the backfield Javante Williams is likely a running back who you may be too high on. I'm just going to be bluntly honest. It has been a constant observation of mine this offseason that people tend to be too high on Williams. Is this hot take Ratcliffe? No, it's not. In fact, I love Javante Williams. I wish I could be higher on him for fantasy football purposes, but I'm trying to be realistic. Back in February, before NFL free agency, before the NFL draft, it looked like this was the year to anoint Javante Williams as one of the next big things in fantasy football. Like He was excellent last year, but he was in a full-blown timeshare with Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon looked like he was gone, right? New regime in, but hey, Javante Williams. And it seems like a lot of people are still just stuck there. But two main things have happened since then. Number one, Melvin Gordon re-signed. Now, that doesn't mean they're going to use him the same as last year because it is a different coaching regime in place. However... That coaching regime, Nathaniel Hackett, the head coach, told the media, and this has been throughout the offseason, that he plans to use his backfield the same way that he used it last year. Now, he was not with Denver last year, so it doesn't mean a 50-50 split. He was in Green Bay last year. So if you look, I mean, essentially we had Aaron Jones averaging like 15 15 touches a game. A.J. Dillon averaging like 13. So it wasn't 50-50, but I mean, hey, if, even if, if we get to 60-40, we're, we're probably right in the right range. 60% for Javante Williams in terms of the touch split between the two, 40% for Melvin Gordon. Now, Gordon's a little dinged up right now in camp, but I'm not, it doesn't seem like there's any major concern there. So what is the point of this? Well, the point is, if you just think, feel, or believe that Javante Williams is going to break out, you're ignoring something that the league is telling us. Like I often say, the NFL will tell us stuff without directly telling us. The head coach told us, even in a somewhat direct way, that they're both going to be used in this backfield. He wants a stable of running backs. He has said it. Look it up. So 
I'm not low necessarily on Williams. I'm trying to be realistic. I have him outside of the RB1s at RB16. Trying to be realistic here. And unfortunately, you know, that kind of puts him in the dead zone range for me. And hey, I hope I'm wrong because I, well, I, I love him as a player. But I've done this too long to know when a coach says something like that, that they, they typically mean it. Now, we're still getting a read on Nathaniel Hackett as a head coach, uh, but that is, uh, that's why I have him a tick lower than where you're going to find him elsewhere. All right, that wraps it up here for these two squads, the Cowboys and the Broncos. Up next, the Lions. Oh, man, hard knocks. And the Packers, very interesting squad there as well. Times are a-changing for Aaron Rodgers and a company in Green Bay. Remember, FTNFantasy.com. Use the promo code RATPACK, R-A-T-P-A-C-K, for 20% off. And subscribe to the FTN Fantasy Football Podcast as well so you get more of yours truly. Don't miss an episode, man. At Jeff Ratcliffe on Twitter. Use that hashtag Rat Pack as well. All right, I'll catch you on the flip side for another edition of the pod. I'm Jeff Ratcliffe, and I'm out.